it's a real um, pleasure to bring the words to you this morning. And just before we start, I'd really like to pray for us, pray for us that we would receive the word that God has for us as we look at the scripture. So why don't you pray to God? I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you that your word is a provision direct to our lives. Lord, I thank you that when you speak to us, then it makes a difference in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would all hear from you this morning, just what it is that you have for us to hear. Amen. Well, hasn't 2020 been a really different year? There are so many things that have been different for us. And one of the things that has been different, I guess, for people has been holidays. Well done. If you did manage to get away on holiday somewhere, I think it has been quite tricky for people. If you've managed to get away, then you've had to isolate when you got there or when you got back. Maybe people had to cancel holidays. Maybe people changed where they went or who they went with. You know, it's not a big thing in the scheme of things, I guess, but holidays are something that people quite enjoy. I, for one, really quite enjoy a holiday and I enjoy different types of holidays. How about you? What's your favourite type of holiday? If you could go on holiday right now, what would you book? Where would you go? What would you do? Would you go into a quiet cottage somewhere? Would you climb a mountain? Would you go for a city break, explore some new places? Or are you the kind of person that heads for some sun and some sea and some sand? Well, whatever that holiday is, just imagine for a moment that you've booked it. It's all booked, it's all paid for. Imagine that we're in a different climate and we actually can travel where we want to, when we want to. So you're all packed, you're ready to go. You arrive at the train station, the train pulls in, and you go on and you find your seat and you get to the seat that you've booked and reserved just for you. But oh no, it's covered in rubbish. The seat that you've booked is covered in rubbish. What do you do? Do you think, oh no, never mind, and just pack your bags and go home again? Or do you think, well, I guess I'll have to stand? Or do you sit on it and just have a bit of an uncomfortable journey? No, of course you don't, do you? You pick up the rubbish and we put it in the bin just where the rubbish belongs and we sit down and we enjoy our journey. Well, having overcome that first hiccup, you get to your lovely accommodation that you have booked, the perfect location, the perfect facilities that you've chosen just for you. But oh, no, there's another problem. The people that were there last week have decided they're going to stay on. They're in the room that you've booked. They've got that cottage that you'd booked just for you and your family. What do you do now? Is this the point that you give up and go home? Do you think, oh, that's a bit of a problem. I can't, I can't do much about that. Or do you go and find somewhere else to stay? Or do you just think, well, I really want to stay here, so I'm just going to squeeze in amongst these people. I'm just going to sleep on the floor. It'd be a bit uncomfortable, but hey, you know, we'll make it work. No, that's not what you do, is it? You'd say to them, well, I've booked this. Can you leave, please? And, you know, or you'd go to the manager, wouldn't you? And you'd say, I've, I've booked this accommodation, but there are people there. And the manager would really happily say, it's yours. Of course you can have it. I'll ask those people to leave. When we have something that's rightfully ours, we make sure we get it and we make sure that we enjoy it. I'm sure when next summer comes and we get the chance to go away or go on an adventure, then we will make sure that nothing gets in the way of all that we have planned. Well, last week, Jen told us about the Israelites and how despite opposition and oppression in the land of Egypt, they were still fruitful and they still multiplied. They saw that whatever the circumstances, God's promises are still true. 
And that was true for us. God, Jen encouraged us that promises that God had for us were still true and still valid despite the circumstances around us. And she encouraged us to push into those promises. This week, I'm going to look at another part of the story of the Israelites. This is a bit further along in the book of Exodus. They've escaped from Egypt and they are journeying towards the land that God has prepared for them. We're going to read from Exodus 23, where God is speaking to them about the journey ahead and what to do about the enemies on the way. If you want a title for this morning, we can call it Overcoming on the Journey. This is about a journey and it's about overcoming. I'm going to read from Exodus 23 verses 20 to 25, where it says, See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and bring you to the place I have prepared. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion since my name is in him. If you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites and Jebusites, and I will wipe them out. Do not bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stones to pieces. Worship the Lord your God. That's what God was speaking to his people. In this part of the Bible, we find that land is mentioned quite a lot. We hear it talked about here for the Israelites. As the pro in places, it's called the promised land. Some places it's referred to as the land of milk and honey. Here, it's referred to as the place he had prepared for them. For them, it was physical land. In the Old Testament, they're talking about land. It's actual land. There are actual countries and nations that God is referring to. But what about us? What is the place that God has prepared for us? What is our promised land? Maybe for you, your promised land is a life with a good job, a nice family, a peaceful day, or getting to the end of a big to-do list. But what God has prepared for us is much more than that. It's a life of freedom and purpose. Freedom to be the person that God has created us to be. Freedom to live a life of purpose in him and in his kingdom. This land, our land, is a way of living, living out his plans and not ours. Living for him and not just for ourselves. Canaan was not a place for the Israelites to reach and retire. It was a place to live in, to be fruitful and to grow as the people of God. So it is for us. He has a life prepared for us to live and to keep on living, not just for us, but for him. In this passage, we could see that it was not straightforward for the Israelites to get where God had for them. And on the way, there were going to be some enemies that needed defeating. So what can we learn from this for ourselves? How do we get where we're going? How do we face up to and overcome the challenges on the way? Well, let's see what God says. God says to the Israelites, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. So from this, we know that God will lead us. That's a promise from God to you. God will lead you. God promises he will lead his people. God knows the way and he will show us the way. He will protect us and he will guard us. In Jeremiah 29, another part of the Bible, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. When God leads us, we can be confident that it will be good for us and that he will keep us safe. We can see here that God gives the Israelites some instructions about how to follow him when he leads. He says to them, pay attention, listen and do what he says. We can sum that up this morning for ourselves as look, listen and obey. Can you say that with me? Look, listen and obey. It's a bit like when we learnt to cross the road. I'm sure you were taught that phrase as a child, stop, look, listen. Well, this morning we're going for look, listen and obey is what God is saying to us. Look, look at God, look to him first. He promises he will lead us and he will. In all situations, look to God, look at him and follow him. Listen, listen to his voice. Listen when he speaks through verses in the Bible. Listen when he speaks through the Holy Spirit. Listen when he speaks through other people and really listen. It's a challenge, isn't it? There's listening and really listening. This passage encourages us to pay careful attention. Let's be people who really listen to what God is saying. There's a challenge in there for us to give God our full attention. In our devotional times this week, let's put that extra effort in to push through the distractions, to put some time aside and really focus on what God says to us. I find it helpful personally to write things down when God speaks, to write down what God is saying. It just really helps me to slow down and give that extra attention and focus to what he's saying. So look, listen and obey. Yes, let's do all that God says. The passage here encourages the Israelites not to rebel against the angel who is guiding them. When I read that verse, I got an image. I don't know if you can imagine this, an image of a toddler arching their back when they are being put into a car seat. I don't know if you've ever tried to put a toddler in a car seat when they don't want to go. We know, the parent knows, that the car seat is the best and safest way for the child to get to where they are going. But the child puts up the best job they can to resist it. And I wondered, mm, do I ever do that? When God has a good and clear way for me in a situation, do I resist? He has given me a clear way to live my life. But for various reasons, I can twist and I can squirm. When God speaks to show us the way forward in our lives, the best thing we can do is to not resist it. If you read more in the book of Exodus, you will see that when the people of God don't listen to what God says and they do things their own way, they end up in more of a pickle. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to be left wandering in a desert longer than we need to. So let's remember that God will lead us. He will show us the way. And our best thing to do is to look and to listen and to obey. The next thing we see here is that God will help you. In this passage, God says to his people that there will be enemies, enemies that they will face. But he also says something. He says, I will be an enemy to your enemies and will oppose those who oppose you. That's quite reassuring, isn't it? It would have seemed nicer, though, if he had said, follow me. I'm going to give an angel for you to follow and he's going to take you on the back roads. He's going to take you the quiet route, the flat route, where you'll see no enemies. But he didn't. He said he would lead them to the enemies. He said he would lead them to face them. He didn't say he would go around them. 
because he knew the best thing was for the people to live in a land free of these enemies. And to do that, they needed to face them and they needed to overcome them. He wanted them to face these enemies so that with him they could defeat them, so the land could be clear and free for them to live in. The reality for us is that we have our own enemies, enemies that we will face. I don't know if you can relate to this, but there may be times in a conversation or in a run of circumstances or just a set of really tough days when we come face to face with our own enemies. And I'm talking about when we come face to face with our own fears, with our own unhelpful habits, our own views of the world, our own wrong thinking, our own particular ways of doing things, our own character flaws and failings. We can come face to face with these in our lives and these are our enemies. These are the things that are trying to rob us of all that God has for us. Enemies trying to take our peace and our purpose in God. But this passage gives us hope. Hope because the God of the Israelites is the same God that we worship today. That promise that he made for them stands true for us today. He promises that he will be an enemy to our enemies and will oppose those who oppose us. However, we need to position ourselves in such a way to allow God to work like this in our lives. For God to be able to help us, we need to stick with him and stand our ground. If we're going to stick with him, then we can overcome our enemies. Verse 23 says, he goes ahead of the Israelites and he will wipe out their enemies. When things get tough, we can get the wobbles. We can be tempted to stop following God's lead. We can begin to doubt that this is really the right life for us after all. But that's more than ever when we should be following him, more than ever when we should stick with him. It's the time to run towards him, not run away. That's the time we need more of his word in our lives, not less. That's the time when we need to be amongst God's people more and not less. The tough times are when we need to trust him more than ever and not try to take things back into our own control. We don't need to fight and try, these, try to fight these enemies on our own. We need to stick with him and fight them together. Five years ago, I was in a bit of a, a new season in life in response to God speaking to us quite clearly as a family. I left my job as a teacher and I had also at the same time laid down some other responsibilities in life. And if I'm honest, I was quite excited. I'm someone who quite likes change, um, particularly when it's as a result of God speaking. I was looking forward to a new season and all that God had for me. And then it was the first week of the summer holidays. I'd just left my job. Like I say, I didn't have some of these other responsibilities that I'd previously been carrying. And it was a tough week, if I'm honest. No particular reason. Things just were not going how I wanted them to go. And I was not enjoying it. And, you know, I started to look back. I started to look back at the job that I no longer had, the responsibilities that I didn't have anymore. And I started to think I was quite good at my job. I quite liked working, doing those things that I was doing. And I looked at the week ahead and I thought, I'm failing at this. I was not seeing anything that I was succeeding at. And if I'm honest, I started to spiral downwards in my thinking and I felt like quite a failure. That was me facing an enemy. It became very clear to me quite quickly, thankfully, that I was looking for my significance in the wrong place. I was getting my value from the things that I did. I was looking for approval from people and not from God. I needed to turn back to God and to listen to him and get my value from him. I needed to adjust my wrong thinking. 
That was my enemy. And there have been many others that I have faced along the way too. Yours may be different, but each time we know for sure that we can turn to God and he will help us to fight these things in our lives. We can take him our fears and he will remove them. We can take him our wrong thinking and he will gently and kindly adjust it. We can take him our wrong habits and he will help us to change them. For us to overcome our enemies, we need to stick with him. We also need to stand our ground. When we hit a tough time on a journey, when these enemies show up, temptation can come. The temptation to back down. We can start to believe that the issue is just too big and it can never be overcome. Or we can start to think the opposite and we can think it doesn't really matter, does it? It's not a big deal. It's just a bit easier to just live with that than to deal with it. It will be okay. But no, it does matter. God cares and God has something better for us. Let's look and see what he says to the Israelites about the enemies they're going to face. God says to them, do not bow down before their gods or worship or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stones to pieces. Worship the Lord your God. It's important that we stand our ground in God, not to give our enemies a greater status than they deserve. They do not deserve to rule over us. They do not deserve to dictate how we live. We can stand our ground and we can defeat them. It's tough, but we can push through with God until these enemies are gone from our lives. There is overcoming that is needed, but Jesus has won through at the cross for us. In Revelation chapter 12, it says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Jesus's death and resurrection removes the power of these enemies from our lives. And that means we can clear them out and we will overcome. Remember, God will lead us. He has a place for us to go and he will lead us and God will help us. When these enemies come up in our lives, God will help us to overcome them. Jesus has won through at the cross and we can make that reality in our lives. Let us be people who look, listen and obey. Let's think about that every day this week. How am I looking to God? Am I listening to God? Am I obeying God? That takes that level of listening to a, the next level, if you like, to take the listening to what he says and to put it into obedience. Let's think about this this week. Have I listened to God and acted on it? Have I been obedient to him? And if God's going to help us, then we need to stick with him. We need to put him first in our lives. We need to do all that we can to be close to him and to follow him. And we need to stand our ground when these enemies come, which the reality is that they do and they will. But we can stand our ground in God. We can stand on the ground that is ours in Jesus and we can stand our ground until the enemy has been defeated. Then we will see victory in our lives. Then we will live more and more as people that God has called us to be. We will live in more freedom. We will live in greater purpose and we will enjoy the calling that God has on our lives. Let's pray. Let's pray that we would be these kind of victorious people. God, I thank you. I thank you that you go ahead of us. I thank you that you lead us. 
I thank you for each one of us that you have a plan and a purpose. And that is a good plan, a plan to prosper us and not to harm us. Lord, I thank you that you will help us to overcome. I thank you, Jesus, that you took all of my failings to the cross. You took all my sins, all my fears and all my sickness to the cross. Lord, I thank you that that is true for each and every one of us. Lord, I pray we would be people this week who look to you, who listen to you, and ultimately that we would obey you, that when we hear you speak, Lord, that we would act and we would be obedient to the call that you have on our lives. And Lord, I pray that we would stick with you, that above all else, we would stick with you and follow you and that we would stand our ground. Lord, I pray for anyone with us today that is facing an enemy right now. God, I pray that you give them the strength to stand their ground. God, I pray that you give them the right way to pray to overcome these enemies. Lord, I thank you that you are the one who overcomes, that we just need to stick with you and to stand our ground. Amen.